five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Energize show, we are back. So if you're new to the Energize podcast, welcome. And if you're a returning Energize listener, welcome back. So Barry, what is going on on today's show? Okay, on today's show, we're going to be discussing the news that broke the Irish MMA scene today. Bellator Dublin is going down, and we're going to be discussing that. Uh, we're also going to be looking at UFC 231, Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega, and possibly the best featherweight fight in UFC history. Definitely up there, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, we're going to be discussing all of the latest MMA news, including this weekend's UFC Milwaukee and Bellator. In Hawaii. Aloha. Very, very fitting with Max Holloway fighting in Toronto there the weekend. It is, man. So, to start the show off, we just want to let you guys know, we have signed up to the Bloggers Agency Ireland. I think that's how you say it, isn't it? Yeah, that's how you say it. Oh, I, keep on, I keep on calling it the Irish Bloggers Agency, but it's actually the Bloggers Agency Ireland. Yeah. Uh, basically, if you do create content, or you have a podcast, you have a YouTube channel, you have an Instagram fitness page, whatever you want, you sign up there... And then they're going to link you up with people who would like to sponsor you or collaborate with you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's free as well. Yeah, it's free. Yeah. So how could you not do it? Yeah, uh, we posted on today's post just with all the details and stuff. Uh, obviously, check it out yourself. If you create any sort of content in any sort of way, it doesn't even have to be MMA related. It doesn't have to be fitness related. It could be anything. It could be like Pokemon cards. Yeah, you could give us... You could have a show on dominoes and people would be like, oh, how to win in dominoes and... They'll look for something to do related to that. And link you up. Also, you'll be giving back all your stats on your interactions with your following. Yeah. It's definitely something to check out. We signed up and uh, obviously we're not going to feed you any shit because uh, that's very energised what we do. Perfect. So, powering on forward. Yeah. Okay. Uh, today, it was announced Bellator has returned to Dublin. First of all, that's fucking great news, Ross, isn't it? Yeah, I think the end of February is like twenty second or twenty third, whenever that Saturday is. Um, towards the end, it's great. James Gallagher is going to headline the card as well, so it's good to see him coming back after his knockout loss to Ricky Banderas. Yeah, the tickets actually go on sale this Wednesday. Um, probably not the most ideal time to go on sale, but uh. Bellator's come back to Dublin. Um, Although it might, people might buy them for people for Christmas presents. That's actually a great idea. There you go. Christmas presents sorted. To yourself. You can buy them for yourself. Um, obviously, myself and Ross have covered a lot of Bellator. Um, we were over at Bellator 200 there. And uh, we were at the after party with the lads. MVP, Gegard Musassi. Musassi still hasn't sent me my belt back. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, there we were. So, look, really, really looking forward to Bellator coming back. They always treat us really, really well. And... Hopefully, we'll get some tickets off them to give away. Yeah. That'd be great. So, yeah. we're looking forward to it. So, Barry, what are you looking out for on the card? Okay, well, James Gallagher is headlining the card. Um, there's obviously going to be some faces on it. Like, the face of Bellator, Richard Cody, is going to be on it, obviously. Yeah. He's coming out of retirement. He'll yeah. definitely be on that card. Uh, Kiefer Crosby will definitely be on that card, i say, as well. Yeah. He's coming off a big win in Italy. Um, Johnny Jitsu, I know, is looking for a fight as well. Oh, you actually think he is on the card because someone tagged him in that James Gallagher post and he did like the winky emoji. And I think that means like he's going to be on the card. Yeah. Um, Charlie Ward will probably be on the card as well. Charlie Ward actually as well. Do you think they'll go against each other again? But hopefully not. Well, they're both fighting now at SPG now, so I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm sure it'll be like SPG versus the world, basically. Oh, Paul Redman will probably be on the card. Yeah. Reds are. Um, 
And who knows? Reese McKee might be on the card. He fought a Cage Warriors there recently. Yeah, potentially. Um, look, I'm really looking forward to it. It's actually interesting that Richard Coyley like retired and then like came out of retirement. Uh, this is coming out of retirement fight, but like he has to sign with a new promotion, so like it's an interesting one. I'm really looking forward to seeing Kiefer Crosby after he uh, won last week in Italy. Yeah, that should be great to watch. I would I would have um, liked to see him probably more on it, but he broke both his hands in his fight in Oklahoma so I doubt he'll be ready by then I, I think the big one that people are looking out for is will Dylan Dennis fight in the card yeah, yeah that's a, that's who I'd love to see yeah because he, he he's going back and forth with Jay Paul online for a boxing match so he, that obviously means he hasn't got a fight lined up yeah and obviously this was just announced hopefully he does do you know what it really depends if Conor McGregor's going or not because if Conor's going I feel like Dylan will fight because they might give him like sort of a, another handy enough fight yeah and he may as well. Like, I mean, he needs to get more time in the octagon as well. Eon Pascal will probably fight in the card as well. Pascal. It'll probably be an all-Ireland fight card. Yeah. Uh, Sinead Kavanagh will probably fight in the card as well. Yeah, she fought there last time as well, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, so uh, I feel like all the Irish fighters are going to fight in the card. So hopefully it should be like a great night. They should blow the roof off the three arena. Yeah. Last time when we were over in London for Bellator 200, we made sure to go over to Scott Coker and then tell him who we were. I'm sure he's totally forgotten, but uh, we got his email. We got a couple other emails of the people that are in charge. So we're definitely going to be in touch with them, getting, uh, what's it called, media passes, definitely. And then we're actually, we're definitely going to ask, can we get tickets to give away as well, just on the page. So coming up to fight week, hopefully we'll have tickets to give away. But we'll, like we'll also make sure during that, we'll, uh, we'll go to the press conference stuff, the weigh-in stuff, get a few interviews and uh, definitely get a few photos and then on the night the media get to go in backstage and stuff yeah and last time if people haven't heard the story do you want to tell them about last time we were at Bellator in Dublin Ross this is a funny one which part what do you mean oh oh well then okay well I'll, I'll leave you better you tell the story yeah I'll <laughs> lead you in yeah, okay, okay leave me in and then I'll finish it off okay last time myself and Ross had media passes for Bellator in Dublin and uh, I was in the arena waiting for Ross and then like I was like Ross, Conor McGregor's after arriving. He's like, what? Because we didn't expect it. But, uh, like, obviously we should oh, have. But uh, Johnny Jitsu was fighting Charlie Ward and then Conor McGregor, like, jumped into the octagon. And I was like, Ross, man, where are you? Like, this is, un- like, I can't believe this is even happening. Crazy stuff. But uh, Conor McGregor then leaves. And then as he leaves, the one man with a Hulk Hogan mustache arrives. Oh yeah, so I actually didn't know where you're which story because we had we've been to a few and I wasn't too sure which one you're talking about. But this is the most infamous moment of all time in Irish MMA history. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I'm walking into the arena. I was coming. I was late from work and I was coming to the arena and Barry was already in there. And as I walk in, like I, I, Barry's like telling me like McGregor's in the. I I was like, well, he's like has an impromptu fight, but because uh, I was actually judging on what Barry was telling me, and obviously. You were in the height of excitement to tell yeah. me what was going on. Yeah. You're there calling me while this is all going down. Yeah, and I'm there going, what is going on? <laughs> and then I arrive, and McGregor's like doing shadow boxing in the corner with his panther hood up in the air. And yeah. I'm standing there going, what? And at one stage, I was like, oh, I'm, I'll get a photo with him. And then we made eye contact, and he was like, I'm not asking him for a photo. I, I go, he looks like he's about to knock me out. Yeah, yeah. I was like, geez, that's scary. Probably noticed you, man. Yeah, probably knew who I was. I tagged him enough for, uh, photos. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, that, that was absolutely bedlam. And then, I actually think it was a bomb event after that. Like, you know, I mean, we were, like, hanging out backstage with Arm Geordie Shore and Leon Edwards. And, like, yeah. we were trying we were, to get onto Geordie Shore. Yeah, we were walking around with them. And I, I was like, I was like, this is madness. You know, I mean, uh, it, Crazy stuff, and then we sat down with King Cowley and watched the rest of the fights. Yeah, 
Crazy that, Cargill. Well, that's the, that, it is the, the funny thing about the Energize show is that, like, it's not just an MMA show. Obviously, it's not just a football show or a rugby show. We sort of, like, try to push things as far as we can. Like, even, obviously, at UFC over in New York, like, we are in backstage with all the people. Like, obviously, Bellator 200, meeting all the fighters, going up to the after party. Like, at Bama, back in Dublin, like, we were there going on the set with the yeah. Jersey Shore lads. Like, we like to, like, push it that bit. Just, yeah. just get that extra content to make the show funnier because it's more like... I know it's like a sports show, but it's like a sports comedy show. But that would be weird to explain to someone, do you want to come on a sports comedy yeah, show? Yeah, we, we sort of get behind the barriers, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we, we get where we're not supposed to go, yeah. and then we act like we're supposed to be there. Yeah, what's it? We go, go behind the red rope. Is yeah, that what it's yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. We get into the VIP, and we're, we've only paid for the terrace. Yeah, yeah, seat. exactly. Yeah, we're, we're funny about it. People are like, how do you... I, I, I remember for the Bellator, I was like, right, Barry, we're going up to the roof. That's where the after party is for the thing. And he was like, you sure? And I was like... Come on, we're walking in, and then we just walked by everyone, didn't we? And yeah. they were they didn't even be like, "Are you meant to be here?" It's like obviously we're meant to be here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're here, we're meant to be here. Yeah, but uh, Gay Guard invited us. Yeah, and then you're there <laughs> holding the belt. Yeah, I'm like I'm like my belt. I was yeah. like I was trying to run off with it. Yeah, no, it's just like it, we're, we sort of do it because, for like the fans. You know what I mean? That like the people that. I don't know, we just push it. Like, uh, you especially you. You have, the ba- you have the balls to do it. I'm sort of like, I'll go as well, you know what I mean? But you know, I don't think you do it if you're just by yourself. I think what we're going to do next time is like, I'll hold the belt on one end, you hold the belt in the middle uh, on the other end, then we get Kegar in the middle, we'll be like, yeah. Yeah. Will anyone, do you think anyone with a belt will be fighting in Bellator Dublin? Um, probably not, but we'll bring the Energize belt. <laughs> yeah, we have to get an Energize belt. But, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to, uh, bring the android flag as well yeah hopefully no one that actually uh, is actually handing out the tickets is listening right now so they won't be like here look those lads are going to try and get you in you know we were in Bellator we 200 and, he, and Ross asked for a photo with Scott Coker in the ring I mean in the octagon and he was like no 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 I can't do that yeah that would have been yeah. great like yeah I was like come on also Scott Coker in the octagon why not yeah but uh no, that's a good thing. And like, see, the last while we're sort of like, what are, what event are we going to get to go to? And obviously if it's in America, we're going to have to like go for like a week and yeah. a bit probably. But uh, yeah, also the World Cup, the Ruby World Cup next year and we want to go to that as well. So like, we're not bleeding Billy Gates here, you know what yeah. I mean? The, the money doesn't fall from the trees. Yeah, but the event also has to be like big enough to go. Like yeah. obviously Milwaukee is this weekend, but like it, it's not worthy of us flying all the yeah. way to Milwaukee, you know what I mean? And also, we've also booked, uh, we're going to Edinburgh. Uh, yeah, we're going to Edinburgh for the Six Nations game, Scotland versus Ireland. And uh, we're in touch with our good mate Jay, who's going to be sorting us out with, like, uh, what's it? Yeah, he's going to get us into the clubs or whatever. He's going to be like, these are the lads. Yeah, yeah. we were last talking to him at Al Foran's comedy gig, and he was like, he was like, lads, love the show. And um, we were actually quite small then. Do you know what? Earlier on yesterday, uh, I was scrolling through photos looking for stuff, and then I came across a screenshot of our page back when it was like, Two and a half thousand followers or something. I was like, yeah. I was like, that. It's so funny looking at that. Like you, you it's you're a long look, way. Yeah, but you look at eight thousand and you're like, like you keep seeing eight thousand. You're like, that's not that big. But then when you look back, what it was, you're like, geez, we would have like taken that in a heartbeat back yeah. then. You know I mean? Yeah, it's crazy how much it's growing. Yeah? But yeah, obviously when Bellator rolls up, we're going to be covering it all. We're going to just get the best content going because uh, we we're also we we're just discussing earlier when next year rolls around obviously the fighters that are going to be on the card are going to be looking to do publicity uh, we're one of the most perfect platforms for them to come on to as well like I mean I know obviously mm. there's other shows that do MMA but I mean if it's right in your doorstep you may as well do the show especially because Keem was on the show yeah. then like, he, and he had a great time as well yeah he wouldn't still hasn't left <laughs> he still he goes lovely he was like lovely couches yeah 
well, you know, only the best for you, but bought, bought them in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're going to be bringing even better content coming out next year as well. And then, obviously, we're going to be doing more and more. Yeah. Yeah, and getting, getting, getting these people on the show as well, you know what I mean? Because, yes. like, because that, was, that was the problem for most of them. They, none of them had, like, voice lined up. And, you know what I mean? It's... When you, when you get one... The, having someone on the show when they're not really promoting it and, they're not, and also they're not getting any money either... Yeah. They're less inclined to do it, but they're all going to be trying to promote the shit out of Bellator Dublin yeah. and get more eyes on it. And obviously, we have like a, a global audience; it's not just Dublin, so and Ireland, which is which is actually sort of cool as well. So, any final thoughts on Bellator Dublin? Just great for Irish MMA, great for European MMA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, you know who else I'd love to see fighting the card? I'd love to see Fabian Edwards fighting the card. Did he not? S- he signed with Bellator now. Did he? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I know. I knew he signed with someone, but I didn't know it was Bellator. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did something in Beltor, so like I'd really like to see him fight. Yeah, he's a big, big dog. Yeah, yeah I, I just it was just funny the last it, time we were I in the back. I think it's more so because we see him fight three or four times. Like I want to see him again. Yeah, yeah. Who knows who's going to come mm. over as well? Like Chael Sonnen probably coming over. Who? It's on the same night as UC Prague as well. When I saw that UC Prague thing come out, I was like, Are we going to have to try and go to that? But like now, Bellator's coming mm. to Dublin and it sorts all of it out. You know. I feel like the Bellator Dublin card would be more relevant for us than the UFC Prague card. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Because they speak English. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be like <clears throat> Jan Blakowicz top of the card. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, someone not overly intriguing. Yeah. Like Jan Blakowicz versus Corey Anderson. It's like, get your tickets now. Yeah, someone not that relevant to us anyway. But uh, yeah, definitely stay in tu- stay tuned in like 2019 obviously because uh, we're going to be definitely giving away tickets in some sort of capacity or we'll be yeah. bringing you the most the funniest content Energize is always giving back do you know what it's actually Hoist Grace's birthday this Thursday obviously we're going to tag him again yeah. he's going to be back over in Dublin do you think he'll notice us doing, doing the handshakes <laughs> yeah. he'll notice me because I'm, I'll be like I'll, be like, I'll grab his wrist <laughs> yeah. first and I'm like you'll <laughs> <laughs> notice the wrist yeah, yeah but, so uh, uh, I think we're going to have a look at UFC 231 now yeah Make sure to give us a shout out on Instagram. We're trying to hit 10,000. And if you're looking for the Bell Tour Dublin, uh, get on that stuff because uh, we appreciate that as well. And also, definitely check out Bloggers, uh, the Irish Blogger Agency as well. Because, uh, yeah. But uh, we're going to move on to this week, uh, last weekend's UFC 231 Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega. Uh, Ross, before we get into any of the fights, what did you make of the event itself? And how happy are the people, the Can- our, our Canadian friends? How happy are they? Uh, look, UFC Toronto, probably the event of the year. I'm not going to lie. Uh, from start to finish, absolutely fantastic fights. Not only that, but the Canadian fans might be the best fans in the world. Yeah, bar the Irish, though. Bar the Irish, of course. Being biased. But if you really look at it, in the main event, there was chance for Ortega, there was chance for Holloway, neither of whom are Canadian, nor have any sort of Canadian following. Now, I know Holloway won the belt in Canada before, but it's crazy to see how behind the fighters the fans actually got yeah do you think it's because they sort of get starved of the UFC they never really get the I, I, I think so but I think the UFC now yearly need to put a pay-per-view on in Canada I, I 100% like, agree man that's that's territory to be yeah, they filled entertained 19,000 19, seats like completely filled I'm surprised I actually said in the last podcast the Rogers Centre because that's where GSP fought uh, beforehand against Jake Shields and yeah. that's like a 50,000 seat stadium they could 100% just fight in the Rogers Centre and do 50,000 seats. I believe they'd sell it out each time. Or they'd at least have 40,000 people in the arena. And be worth doing. Joe, I think they almost... They judge it by how big the stars are on the card. Yeah. Like, obviously, GSP is going to sell out a, a huge arena. He'd sell out 100,000 people in Canada. But the thing is, I don't think in the build-up to, 
to the event. I don't think Max Holloway was overly selling the card itself. Uh, I don't. Brian Ortega is very, very quiet as well. And then very if handsome, look, though. Yeah, I know, but like <laughs> the, the the looks aren't enough. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, in fairness, neither of them were, like, trashing each other beforehand or anything. Yeah. Um, in the co-main event, you have Shevchenko versus... But I think, like, the fan base in Canada is large enough that you can do the bigger save. Oh, it was definitely testing the waters. Yeah. And I think, like, the reaction from the... the first of all, the fans, even in the foot, in the build-up, there was loads of fans going to it, loads of fans loving it. It was just, like, they loved the UFC brand. It doesn't matter who was actually fighting. They were going no matter what. Yeah. So I think, like, now that Dana has seen that, like, firsthand, they're going to go again. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, they're they're all, they were always going to come back, but I think they need to do pay per view worthy card again. Yeah, they deserve it. Did, oh no, they definitely deserve it. Yeah, yeah, it was just yeah, great for them. I'd love the UC come back to Dublin as well. By the way, yeah, just saying. Yeah, um, we could have a headline name on this as well, but uh, I think we're best off starting off with RMA Bragatona winning by decision uh, against uh, Lopez uh, Ross. This was quite controversial at the very very end. Bragatona got a uh, choke in with 10 seconds to go. Looked like he choked your man out, Lopez, but uh, it went to decision instead. Um, do you think it actually should have been given as, uh, what's it called, uh, a choke? Yeah, I, I think there's... Mission victory, sorry. Yeah, I, th- I think there should be some sort of rule that if you can't get back to your feet 20 seconds after the fight, you should be, like, not able to be the winner. Um Look, Matthew Lopez was on absolute dream street when he by the end of the fight, yeah. and it was actually quite an even fight up until then. And you could easily put an argument that you thought maybe Lopez won the first two rounds. Now, I personally thought Katona definitely won rounds two and three. Yeah. I thought round one was a bit fifty fifty. Um, but look, Brad Katona, great win from coming off the Ultimate Fighter. Matthew Lopez, he's lost the last three in a row now, but he's fought very good opposite opposition I think one of his fights was even against Rafael Asuncao so as far as I'm aware that was a great win by Katona and look he nearly got the finish if that yeah. fu- if that round was 5 minutes and 5 seconds he would have got the finish I was really hoping for him to get that finish Sean maybe in the long run not getting that finish means he doesn't have to like take a massive step in yeah. talent to t- take on his next fight like if you get it like say if you knocked your man out in the first round he'd all of a sudden have to jump a huge queue and take on like tougher opponents whereas like John Kavanagh said after it's, uh, himself he goes uh, maybe it's best off for Brad to just take it easy a couple of steps finish off that ultimate fighter contract and then start making bigger cash yeah I 100% agree with you I think a slow build for Brad Gatona is the best build just due to the fact that He's not the biggest talker either, so therefore he's not going to talk his way into a title fight. So therefore he might as well have that slow build, hone his skills, and get used to being in there with the better guys. Yeah. Because if you look at it this way, could Brad Katona hang in there with TJ Dillashaw at the moment? Absolutely not. So there's no point trying to rush him there within the space of a year, having like a two or three year plan to go up there and get the belt. Yeah. He got a lot of fan respect as well because people thought that he should have got that submission yeah. as well. So sometimes, like it's funny, sometimes you can lose a fight but still come out a winner as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, I'll move on then to Claudia Gadea lost to uh, Asheroff. Um, before the fight, obviously, we were saying that we thought that Claudia Gadea, like we've been watching her videos on, online, she's constantly doing all the training and she got totally lit, lit up in this fight and like now it looks like Claudia Gadea is no man's land. No woman's land. Uh, for me, I was very, very surprised. I thought Claudia Gadelli would be able to get the takedown in, take the ground, 
maybe a rear naked choke. Yeah. Obviously, Nina Ansaroff is going out with Amanda Nunes, so like they're clearly like very good training partners as well. Did you not? Did you not think that? Uh, Claudia was going to get that in at some stage it looked like she was gassed after like the first round yeah I think maybe she's too muscle bound at this stage she, her and back is absolutely shredded no you can see her doing like pull ups in her training videos yeah. like there's no tomorrow I, I think at this stage she needs to really have a look at herself focus a lot more on her striking I think she's so good at Jiu Jitsu that like all she wants to train is Jiu Jitsu yeah. and it's a lot easier to train stuff that you're really good at than to start training stuff that you're not so good at because you're not going to enjoy if you're training boxing and you're losing. And you're like, I'll just go back to training the jiu-jitsu because I'm winning that. Yeah, because yeah. she, she was ranked third and uh, Asaroff was ranked 11th. And Asaroff was also saying before the fight that she was contemplating retiring from MMA as well. I think, yeah, but I think she's like getting married to Amanda Nunes and she's like, she's earning all the money so there's no point me getting punched in the face yeah, too. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, but she's going to clearly fight someone very good next, if not, you can almost argue that she could fight for a title next. Now there's, a lot of the top of that division, there's uh, Tatiana Suarez up there, uh, as is Jessica Andrade. I wouldn't really like to have to fight either of those two women, but, you know I mean? Rose Namajunas hasn't been seen for a while. Yeah. Since but, UFC 223, isn't it? Yeah, since the McGregor incident. Yeah. <clears throat> so, it'd be interesting to see who Rose is going to fight next and when she's going to fight next. Yeah, Dana says she's still out. I think he said it was her hand. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then we move into the main card. Uh, first of all, this was such an, a great fight to actually kick off the pay per view. Jimmy Manuel lost to Thiago Santos in an absolute banger. Is the only way to call this. Uh, went to the second round. Obviously, Santos won by KO, but uh, he nearly had Manuel out out of there in the first twenty seconds. Yeah, he folded him and then folded him like a deck chair in the second round. Uh, Santos looks scary at 205 doesn't he it's almost like the second coming of Anthony Smith isn't it yeah I'm a huge fan of Santos yeah. <clears throat> even the tattoo of the like the sledgehammer on his chest like you know he's a badass if you have that you know yeah he's an absolute killer and he's like oh I don't know if I'll stay at 205 I almost think that it's one of those weird things uh, 185 it's like the perfect blend of very very high skill and you know sublime athlete, athlete. and I think 205 is almost like uh, they're a bit more athletic, but they're not as skilled. If that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So therefore, I almost think a few of the if a few of the hundred and eighty fivers move up to two hundred five, they actually could go for more of a title run. Yeah. And you know what? It's much murkier water at one eighty five than it is at two hundred five. Like if Luke Rockhold moves up, he almost could have fought Gustafson for an interim title or a number one contender fight. But like Luke Rockhold probably has to win two or three fights to get a middleweight title shot. And who even knows if he's going to be back? Yeah. Here, do you know? By the way, Jimmy Manoweh got into MMA at twenty eight. Did he? Yeah. He was boxing beforehand, as far as I'm aware. But now, like, I don't know what level, but he was boxing. Yeah, but, but that's very late on. Yeah. I yeah, but that, that just goes to show what you were saying about uh, experience. Uh, yeah, just being an athlete. Yeah. Yeah, because he's, he's very athletic, and he has that sort of knockout power in his hands. He, Obviously, he's just... You can't take someone up at 28 and then be the world champion on it. For some reason, do you know what? That, that seems very old. I'm not sure if they said 18 or 28, but actually, I'm pretty sure they were like, can you believe if he was 28? Yeah. So maybe he was doing boxing up to 28 yeah. then. Yeah. But, he's, do, uh, he's doing something. He didn't just eventually go, you know what? I'll do MMA. Yeah, yeah but the thing is, he, he's 38 now. So it's sort of like, where does he sort of go from here now, you mm. know? I've, I feel like he needs to work his way into like a UFC job in the UK. I feel like that's what he needs to do. Yeah, he, could, he could definitely do that, yeah. Yeah, sure, he's like... This like, has to be... No, sorry, I thought you were going to say... <laughs> uh, but I, I think there, there's going to have to be some sort of job for him because he definitely hasn't earned enough money doing MMA to you know 
have a life afterwards. No, I agree. Yeah. Could be great to live. Yeah, maybe with the ESPN stuff going on, mm. they might have like something different for the UK scene. Obviously, it or do you know what he could even end up going to like uh, Bellator or like Cage Warriors or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, well Bellator are after creating a massive. Uh, European scene but I'm surprised that in Europe there's no like MA show that's on you know channel 4 at like 12 o'clock on a Tuesday night that people record and watch the next day I feel like all the TV stations are missing out having some sort of mixed martial arts show yeah I'm sure that's going to happen over time like that's the way MMA is you can't do MMA in France and stuff yeah. I think once that European market opens up more like mm. places like Spain and Portugal and stuff then you can really see, see things changing Although I'm also surprised that France haven't got rid of that, especially when Ngani was fighting for the title. I thought to him, like, right, you're allowed to do MMA now. I think there's actually just so many problems going on in France. The last thing they're like is allow well, fighting. Well, you yeah, know well, I mean? well, legalize more fighting. Yeah. <laughs> more fighting is the answer. Uh, okay, I'm going to move into probably one of the best fights in the night. Uh, it was um, Gordon Nelson. Alex Olivier, sorry, Cowboy. The Brazilian Cowboy. He lost to Gordon Nelson in the second round. Boy, it says put submission here. I thought it was yeah, TKO. Well, no, it was oh, a it was rear a choke. choke. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it was led up by the, the elbow from hell. Yeah, Ross. Uh, Gunnar Nelson obviously lost the first round. When I was watching this, I was like, he's getting smashed. He hadn't been, he hadn't been in the octagon since he lost in Scotland. Yeah, to Ponzinibbio. Yeah. And then the second round, Gunnar Nelson did what Gunnar Nelson does best and yeah. finished it off. By the way, that elbow just totally sliced open Cowboy's forehead. It and, was... Uh, it, it, it was almost Gordon Nelson's almost like Khabib in some ways as in like once he gets you down he got on top I was like he's so patient and he's like yeah. I'm gonna wait for the perfect opportunity drops the elbow and then it, it was like a fountain pen squirting out of Oliveira's <laughs> yeah. head and next thing you know rear naked choke I, I think Oliveira was like like where's all that blood come from yeah. oh it's me he was like oh here look that's enough. Thanks yeah, very much. Get me out of here, Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for coming. But like the first round was like a ten eight for Cowboy Oliveira. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. I was very impressed. I was a bit like, oh, if there was ever a need for the hundred and sixty five pound division, it's like for Gunnar Nelson, isn't it? Yeah, like I'm he's, he's like outsiders by all. Like if you look at the current top welterweights at the moment, like Tyron Woodley outsized Kamara Usman, he's outsized Damian Maya, like was all over him, outsized by him. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson outsized by him. Darren Till outsized by him. You know what I mean, I'm not yeah. too sure in terms of Colby Covington, but Cowboy Oliveira outside by him. And I was sort of looking and being like, oh, Gordon Nelson should really move back down to 55, I think. Do you think he can make it now? I don't know. After he packed on so much muscle, I'm not too sure. But old, skinny Gordon Nelson definitely could have. Gordon Nelson, to make 155, I feel now, would have to like... Lose all that muscle. You'd have to go on Iron and Celebrity, get me out of here and just like not eat for ages and also shave off every bit of hair he has on his body, even his oil, like his eyelashes. Just to make that 54. <laughs> down to the last gram of fat. But uh, we were saying, well, yeah, we were agreeing earlier that uh, Gunnar Nelson, after that win, that was very, very impressive after a long time out. You see, come back to Dublin and have Gunnar Nelson heading on the card. Like, what do you think of that? I think it's a definite goer. Um, it definitely has the most potential of any, anything else, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it's more so who you match him up against with because you sort of want to match him up in a favourable matchup. You know who could be a good fight for Gunnar Nelson? The winner of Carlos Conda versus Michael Chiesa. I think that could be because that's the headline for UFC 232. John, I'd love to see him going up against. Well, not the headline, sorry, but the welterweight fight. Sorry. I'd love to see him go up against Cowboy, but you couldn't. that wouldn't happen in Dublin, you know? No, also, like they're both too lovable. Uh, you can't have more people cheering for Cowboy than cheering for Gunnar Nelson. There's, yeah, you mentioned Carlos Condit. I don't know how much longer he's going to stick around. 
like remember he like left for a while and, now he, and then he came back and lost yeah. and he just didn't look the same he actually lost to Cowboy Oliver yeah that was it yeah yeah but I, I, I just think him or the winner of that Michael Chiesa versus his fight because Michael Chiesa was obviously a big lightweight and he could be like an average size welterweight so I think that could work out well for him like we'd have a few SPG lads put on the card if Gunnar Nelson headlined it, obviously Hakeem won over the, on the, over the weekend as well. He could be on the card. Brad Catona could be on the card. Yeah, oh, oh, definitely all for it. Yeah, so there would be a, some names that we could get on it, you know. Uh, yeah, who would you like to see Gunnar Nelson take on next anyway? Yeah, I think the winner of Conda versus Kiesa. I think that's the fight that will be good. I don't want to see Gunnar Nelson rush too much to the top. But you know you know who he could definitely fight in the headline in Dublin? I got, if they did want to do it, him versus Wonderboy Thompson. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be so funny going against Wonderboy because, yeah, like yeah, he's such a nice guy. It's like you don't want to root against him, you know. Yeah, but that's that was the same with the tail fight. Yeah, you I know. Yeah. Didn't want to root against him, but you did. And for me in the Woody fight, I was a bit like, I can't believe I got to come constantly rooting against Wonderboy, the nicest guy in the UFC. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, right in the women's strawweight division, strawweight division, no flyweight, flyweight yeah. division. Sorry, yeah, yeah. And the it was former UFC. Strawweight champion Yoanny and Jacek versus number one contender at flyweight Valentina Shevchenko for the vacant flyweight title. Exactly. Well, there's, there's a lot of uh, mixing and matching to get that out there. Yeah, before the fight, uh, Valent- Valentina Shevchenko had beaten Joanna three times in Muay Thai fights, and then she beat her again over the weekend after five rounds. It was you. You probably call it. Would you say 50-45? Yeah, I think, I think it was. I think one of the judges called it 49-46. Yeah. It was fairly one-sided. You could tell Shevchenko was like the bigger, stronger uh, fighter in in the fight. Like I looked at it and go, Joanna tried to uh, implement some grappling into the fight and it just never really worked out for uh, Shevchenko. It's obviously a superior striker. She's beaten yeah. her three times in purely striking contests. And look... When you're the bigger and better fighter, you're always going to win. Exactly, yeah. It was almost like a 15-year-old taking on a 10-year-old. Like, that strength, dif- the difference in yeah. strength was just so much more obvious. Like, Joanna couldn't take Valentina down in any sort of way. By the way, Shevchenko was after proving that she's one of the best. Pound for pounds. Yeah. She was, uh, that spinning back kick and just, she was just so much more alert. Like, you can tell that she's unbelievable the way like even her training is. She's there in the, up in the forest, not living the good life. Whereas Joanna's like hanging around Florida, driving around, sort of living in the glory. Mm. She's already had her run. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. Va- Valentina is now like, right, I have the belt. Now, here we go. Who's going to take it off me? Yeah. I, I don't know who's, who can beat her in that division. No. Man. I don't think anyone can. I think Jess Guy, who won earlier in the night, was calling her out. She's 3-0 flyaway. Um, but I like I. Personally, if you put Jessica in there against Yoni and Jacek, I'd fancy Yoni and Jacek to win. It's a flyweight, it's, yeah? Yeah. She's the cyborg of the flyweight division. Yeah, I look at it now and I just sort of think, no one's actually going to be her. She's going to have to like vacate that and go up again to bantamweight for, yeah. her to, for her to lose that. I almost think... And then she got the decision twice with Amanda Nunes. Yeah, twice. Who's the and current like, champ. Yeah, and certain people, like if you ask certain people that say Shevchenko won the fight, like people yeah. say she was robbed, especially in the second fight. And in the first fight, it was only a three round fight, and Tushenko like almost ten aided her in the third round. So yeah. those and she said it. She said it at the end of the fight. She was like, "I've unfinished business with uh, Amanda Nunes. Nunes." So I wouldn't be surprised if 
they did fight again for a third time. Would it not be? Is it not harder to sell that fight because she lost twice to Amanda Nunes to like go Amanda Nunes versus Shevchenko three? Yeah, but I think Shevchenko needs to do a bit of a. She needs to do fast turnaround, bit of a run. You know what I mean? I I think she should almost fight four times in two thousand nineteen. Get like go four and zero, and then be like. Roy, I'm the best pound for pound female on the planet. I'm gonna prove it by beating the man Nunes. Joe must be so jealous of her. Chris Cyborg. Chris 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 Cyborg wants to be in the octagon every week. Yeah. But she hasn't got she hasn't got women that first of all want to fight her, or second of all, that are in her weight class. Yeah. Whereas Shoshenko has a lot of women that like to blow away, literally. Yeah. Whereas Chris Cyborg's like the way to fight or the way to get into the UFC if you're a bantamweight woman now is you have to go up to featherweight, fight Chris Cyborg, lose, and then you're allowed in the UFC. Do you know what? That, that must make mo- most girls like want to retire. Yeah, you it's like it's like you have to fight her. It's like, yeah, the Hulk. It's like yeah, the Hulk. <laughs> it's like ah, oh, feeling a bit sick. Can't defend that belt. Yeah, Durand me. Yeah, can't defend that belt. But uh, the best part of the show. Yeah. Moving on to. The main event of the evening. <laughs> UFC 231. Blessed Max Holloway versus Brian T-City Ortega in what could be a fight of the year contender. Oh, it's definitely a fight of the year contender. Yeah, 100%. One it, of the best fights in featherweight history. I think the only fight that could actually rival it is UFC 142 Aldo versus Mendez 2. Now that was a good fight as well. What about um, uh, Diego Sanchez versus uh, Clay Guida? That was a lightweight though, bud. Yeah, no, sure. Oh, no, you were just saying the division. Yeah, the division. Okay, the division, yeah. yeah. Like, absolutely. From the first bell, to the final bell in the fourth round, I caught, my eyes were just like glued to it. And I was sitting at home watching by myself and I was like jumping up and down and going, Whoa, oh, Jesus, yeah, oh, yeah. what? And yeah, I was, it was very much like that, yeah. And like, Max Holloway, Death by a thousand paper cuts. You know what I mean? There's not a hell of a lot of power in Max Holloway, but the amount of volume he puts out, I think he set multiple records and most significant strikes landing the fight, most significant strikes landing around, uh, highest percentage of strikes landing the title fight. He could be the pound for pound best fighter in in the UFC. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with that. Uh, did you notice after the first round, maybe the second round, they both like locked eyes and mm. they weren't looking away and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it was just so intense. It was slightly like uh, Robbie Lawler versus Roy McDonald. Yeah, except like minus the blood. Yeah, they had a lot of suspense building to it, and the thing, one of the main factors was is that when Brian Ortega landed, it seemed to, like phase Holloway. It seemed to like do a bit more damage and. It went to the ground once or twice, and your your heart was in your mouth for Holloway, yeah, exactly. and you were like, oh. "Yeah." And like the great thing about the Canadian fans that we were talking about earlier is they really actually understand the game, and they could understand when it went to a grappling stage, they got excited, and like I've never seen it. A Hawaiian was fighting um, Brian Ortega. I think he's is he from so California? Mis- no, sorry, he's sort of like Mexican, Mexican descent. Yeah. yeah, and like there was there was a chance going Holloway, Holloway, and there was Ortega, and then Max Holloway got the end round when there was Ortega fans was like. What he is doing? It's Holloway, and they were going Holloway. Yeah. I was like, "This is brilliant." And then Holloway told Joe Rogan at the end of the third round, he's like, "This is the round." And then he went out and he got the job done. Um, first of all, Barry, do you agree with the stoppage? Yeah, yeah. Like the thing is, like I wanted to go on more, but that's just being selfish, putting like Brian Ortega in that situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, it was like realistically, like Max was winning the whole fight. Yeah. Like Brian Ortega was four rounds down, like. 
I have to give Brian Ortega like massive props. Like that, that the chin he has is like a granite chin. Um, I couldn't believe he kept. He was fighting Max Holloway's fight, but giving it to him just as good as he was getting it. Yeah, and like it almost. If you had to count how many times they both got really rocked, I think Max Holloway got more rocked than Brian Ortega. Although Brian Ortega got his face jabbed so many times, and he just kept going. Yeah, it was. I don't know, I hadn't seen something like that in a long time. It was like Ortega was willing to take three punches to try and land one back. Yeah. Um, it was like a street fight. It was. It, it was just... And out now, brawl. And then, like, at certain times, I don't know why, when I was watching the fight, I sort of didn't have a dog in the race going into no, the fight. No, either do I. Either but I. when I was watching the fight, I don't know what it was, but I was sort of up for Max Holloway. I, I think it just happens. You end up being up for someone, doesn't it? Uh, well, I was up for Max Holloway because I was like... It, his output was so world class. I was like, I was like, Jesus, Max Holloway is actually way better than I thought. Yeah. Like going into the fight, Max Holloway was actually the underdog. When we put the poll out asking who the people think would win, most people said Brian Ortega, which I couldn't believe. Mm. That was sort of like the time. Remember, we were like, Daniel Cormier is definitely going to be Stephen Miocic. Yeah. But everyone's like, Miocic is going to win. So sometimes you can see it. I think it's when you don't have a dog in the race, you're actually like, right, this is actually what's going to happen. I think you're a bit more neutral. Yeah. When Conor McGregor's fighting Khabib, we're like, Conor can always knock him out. Yeah. But like obviously, if it goes to the ground, there's gonna be one winner. Yeah, and that was Khabib. But yeah. uh, Brian Ortega, like John, you know Brian Ortega has taken such massive jumps in class and quality over the last while. Whereas Max Holloway has fought Jose Aldo twice, beat him. Like, uh, who else did he beat for the title? Um. Oh, he beat Pettis as well. Yeah, he beat Pettis as well. It's like, like a one-sided title fight because Pettis missed the weight. Yeah. Like, Max he's, Holloway has beaten the creme de la creme. He's cleared out the whole division. Now, 13 uh, wins in a row in UFC as well. He's tied with, like, uh, George St. Pierre, uh, Demetrius Moyle, Mouse Johnson, and John have, Jones. No, John Jones and Amistel have 16. They're, that's their no, own like, one. There's, like, yeah, there's uh, someone else. Uh, oh, and, Tony Ferguson. No, no, because, no, no, no. John Jones goes, well, welcome to the club. Oh, I think it was, like, X-Men title defences. No, because he wouldn't have 13 title defenses. No, but 13... John Jones on a 16-fight win streak. So is Anderson Silva. Longest, longest win streaks in UFC history. Max oh, Holloway's oh, on 13. Oh, was it? Okay. John Jones is on 13. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson's on 13. George St. Pierre's on 13. And Anderson Silva's on 16. Well, I actually think John Jones is on 16 if you include his... Uh, ones that were overturned. All right. But, yeah, look... Max Holloway won the best round. Yeah. What more can you say? So, Barry, give me your top three pound-for-pound fighters in the UFC. Um, you see, it's a weird situation saying Daniel Cormier because he lost twice to John Jones. Um, uh, Daniel Cormier then number one. Ma- uh, Ma- Max Holloway, two. Uh, maybe Man the Nunes is three because Money Mouse Johnson isn't there anymore, and that's not a bad show. Uh. For me, I'd actually agree with one and two. I'd say DC one, Max Holloway two, and I'd probably say TJ Dillashaw three. Uh, just yeah, good watching job. how good he was against Cody Garbrandt. But the funny thing is, is Max Holloway looks like he's so primed the rage to move up to lightweight and get the job done. You could even say, sorry, Khabib in a three. What am I saying? Yeah, Khabib, I Khabib, yeah. yeah, but Khabib had, the standard that Khabib has beaten before Connor and, and Aloy Quinta hasn't been like yeah. unbelievable. I know, but I think it's just the manner and how he's beaten them. Yeah, like, no, yeah. no, I know, I agree. No, it's tough to really pick because even that picking mm. Daniel Cormier, you know. Yeah, but you're also fighting, like, Max Holloway and Daniel Cormier are never going to fight each other, so it's a bit like, who would you say is better? It's, like, completely subjective. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I look at it and go, with Max Holloway, I go, he could easily beat everyone at lightweight. I know, that's uh, but, the thing. And I look at TJ Dillashaw and go, geez, he'd never be able to beat Max Holloway. 
No way. You know what I mean? Like no that. I, I just look at it that way and go, right. Well, Max Holloway is an absolute monster. Well, the thing is, Max Holloway is five foot eleven. Went into the fight, people thinking that he couldn't make the weight. Uh, he's after clearing out the featherweight division mm. now. As we just said, thirteen wins in a row, uh, tied second with like four other people. Yeah. But uh, where do you want to see Max Holloway go next? Do you see? Do you want to see him fight anyone else in the featherweight division, or do you think it's time to move up to? The lightweight division, because uh, there's people I'd love to see him fight. Love to obviously see see Conor McGregor too. I'd love to see Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson, Khabib. I think I I think his options are pretty. I don't think I've seen someone win and have so many options of where to go. He has an awful lot of options, and the way I look at it is the easy options to fight. Um, Moicano, he was the alternative for the fight. He's on quite a win streak himself. His last loss was to Ortega. Um, he could fight the winner of UFC 232 fight. Um, Chad Mendes is fighting Volokinski. I don't know how to say his name. The Australian fella. He's 17-1. Okay. They're easy. Like, he could just fight them. Another featherweight fight, title fight. Yeah, because he's sort of in a w- tricky situation now. Because if he moves up to lightweight, he, he's mm. obviously not going to get the champ, the, the champ, champ money. Yeah, I, I think... Moving up the lightweight is slightly murky waters just because there's still Khabib and Tony are supposed to fight. And if he steps in and fights instead of Tony, like that's almost like sinful to Tony Ferguson. So he could fight Khabib, he could fight Tony Ferguson, he could fight McGregor too. He could even fight he could fight Poirier in a number one contender fight because he lost to Poirier before and he could get that one back. Yeah. On the same card, Khabib fights against Ferguson. And the winners could all fight each other. He could easily fight McGregor again. He fight Diaz again. Personally, the fight I'd love to see is Holloway versus Orte- or Holloway versus Ferguson. I think style wise, that's an incredible fight. See, the thing is, for Max Holloway to really get into that top contender talk, like as in like the pound for pound number one. Mm. Obviously, he wants that. He says he is that. He needs a he needs a a, a very notice, notable win. Like who's the biggest win he has? Obviously, Jose Aldo. But people are still like. Oh, they, McGregor already finished him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And took a soul. And then if you look at Anthony Pettis, Anthony Pettis looked terrible in that fight as well. Missed weight as well. And then Brian Ortega is still not a name, a name's name. You yeah, know I mean? Brian Ortega would have been a name if you won. And also, Max Holloway didn't finish him either, really. No. Like, you know what I mean? No, the doctor stopped in, and stepped that, in and it, stopped him. Yeah, and no one says Brian Ortega was a striker. You wouldn't be no. like, Brian Ortega, striker. I actually think Brian Ortega's strike numbers are in the minus before that fight. As in, like, he's taken more shots than he's than he's landed. Yeah. I, was, I, I, was, I would never associate him with striking. Like, mm. he, he went toe for toe, toe to toe mm. with him, and I was, wasn't close shut. He would have bent that fifth round. I think it's more so because he finished Frank Yeager and he finished Clay Guida before strikes. So people go, oh, he's got knockout power, which he does have, but, yeah. but Max Holloway's got men. a chin and a half. Yeah, I'm. So, he's in a tough situation. What's he want to do? Does he yeah. want to... Do you know what? He, he's a fighter's fighter. He, he, wants a, he wants a big name. And his, I think him and Ferguson is the fight. I think him against Nate Diaz could happen. Yeah? I think that would be a great fight. Name recognition, Nate Diaz. Yeah. Max Holloway is also the, the, the title holder. I don't think... I don't think Poirier is good enough for him to move up and vacate his belt as well, you know? Yeah. And UFC 233 needs a new main event. Yeah. He'd definitely go in again. The thing is, yes, obviously I'd like to see him against Tony Ferguson, but I want to see Khabib versus Tony Ferguson more than I want to see any other fight in the UFC. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, 100%. But like, I just saw, I just, I can picture Nate Diaz watching that fight there being like, that's the guy I want to fight because they're going to both stay standing. And would you like to see Brian Ortega fight Jose Aldo next? 
wouldn't mind that. Oh, well, I feel like that's the only fight left for Featherweight because like he beat Cub Swanson, he beat Frankie Edgar. So like, yeah, Jose Aldo was the only one up there, and like you, you already beat Moicano, who's like the other top fella. So like, you can't really fight him again. You know what I mean? I feel like Max Holloway's done enough damage to the Featherweight division that he could step away for four or five months from the division, like let the other fighters like juke it out, and then come back. You can almost do a basic... Do you remember Anderson Silva like knocked everyone out middleweight and then fought Forrest Griffin for the crack? Yeah. I feel like Max Holloway's earned enough that he can go do that now. I, I just have a feeling that if he Max Holloway moves up, I don't think he's going to come back down to featherweight. Same thing with Connor. But uh, is there anyone in the bantamweight division that could move up and fight Brian Ortega? TJ would be alright. I know TJ is quite small, but... I sort of look at the bantamweights and go... They are all very, very small. Well, uh, the upper echelon, like, Asunso, small and stocky. Dillashaw, like, very, very short compared to an Ortega or Holloway. Cody Garbrandt. Uh, Cody Garbrandt. He's a similar size to... He's a bit taller than TJ. He's about 5'8 as well. Yeah, but he's, like, a smaller, stockier. Ortega's, like, long and rangy. Yeah, but I think Garbrandt would also be more inclined to get a featherweight title shot Sooner than getting a bantamweight, bantamweight rematch, re- yeah, against TJ, you know. Well, I think Chad Mendes is probably if Chad Mendes wins, he might fight Brian Ortega next. Yeah. Brian Ortega might fight the winner of that UFC two thirty two fight. Yeah, it's up to Max. You see, Joe, you know it's going to be a tricky situation for Max because it's going to the Christmas time. He's obviously going to get a bit of turkey in, you know, and yeah. then he's probably going to get up to around. He's neither. Yeah, he's neither. Like he struggled to make. He couldn't make the one fifty five mark when they were looking for a replacement at UFC two thirty three. It's really up to him. I'd like to see him take on Nate Diaz, and you. So I'd like to see Max take on Nate Diaz, and you'd like to see Max take on Tony Ferguson. Well, I just think Khabib's not going to fight anytime soon with his Nevada commission being delayed till January twenty ninth. No, no, uh, yeah, I know. So, I, I don't know whether when he gets a ban from Nevada State Athletic Commission, whether it will be from UFC two twenty six or whether it will be from. The day of the court here. Yeah. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, also, if you haven't seen, Khabib was over helping people like third world countries building wells and stuff. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, you know what? That was actually fucking cool. Uh, it was just unfortunate the way Khabib was fighting the Irish man, Conor McGregor, and obviously yeah. had the back Conor, you know? Because like... And you, I, I and you other time we fight were like, go Khabib, mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, no. When I see stuff like that, that's really cool. Uh, Michael Bisping was talking about that in his podcast, and he's like, "I'd love to do that, but like, I'm not going to do it." But uh, like, I'd love to one day be able to do that as well. But like, Khabib's in like a, a really good situation where he has millions of dollars in his bank account, and you can go and do that. You know? Yeah, but also Khabib leads the like least lavish lifestyle I've seen of any UFC champion. Is really like lives at home with his parents still. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like. I don't know what story that is, but that's what he does. Yeah. Very so, Khabib. That was UFC 231. 9 out of 10. What a card. It was very, very good. It had everything. The only way it would have been 10 out of 10 if they threw GSP on there. That's the thing, yeah. It had everything. It had like blood, uh, sorry, blood, sweat and tears. Sweat and tears and glory and heart. It had yeah. everything. The Toronto fans are spoiled. Uh, obviously. And all the SPG guys won as well for us. Yeah, they did, yeah. The party with the SPG lads. Um, there's one more pay-per-view at the end of the year, obviously being headlined. Is it, is, yeah, it's being headlined by John Jones and um, Alexander Gustafson, yeah, and also Chris Seibers taking on Amanda Nunes as well. So, like, that's the last pay-per-view of the year. But uh, this weekend is UFC Milwaukee. 
<coughs> sorry, excuse me, and it's going to be headlined by Kevin Lee. He's taking on Aloy Quinta. Uh, before we go look at that fight, is there any other people on the card that people should look out for? Uh, there's some fairly decent fights on the card. Uh, Jim Miller's fighting Charles Oliveira for the second time. Uh, should we go and Jim Miller on the first fight? I expect Charles Oliveira to come in and win this time out. Also, what's actually interesting, the main event, Kevin Lee is fighting Aloy Quinta for the second, second time. And I expect Kevin Lee to win this time, which is quite interesting. So the two people who lost, I'm expecting to win. Uh, Edson Barboza is fighting Dan Hooker. Uh, I'm pretty sure is this Barboza's first fight back since he lost Khabib no he must have fought since then I think he fought since then oh, I think he won as well I can't remember who he fought against but I expect that one to be a slobber knocker that one will be fought on the feet and then Sergio Pettis is fighting Rob Font um, I'm pretty sure that's back up a bantamweight which should be very very interesting to see yeah shout out to my mate uh, Green what was it Bobby Green yeah Bobby Green yeah he likes uh, an old slobber knocker but uh, Ross obviously being head- it's being headlined by Kevin Lee and Aloy Quinta Aloy Quinta's last fight was obviously a title fight Against Khabib, Kevin Lee. Oh, Bibi Barboza. That's who he be. Kevin Lee, Bibi Barboza. Do you remember he was doing the bleeding stanky leg? And oh, then, and then yeah, he came back. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The chicken dance. The Lord of the Chicken Dance. Jesus, Barboza's on a terrible streak. Yeah, we're. Uh, Kevin Lee like, finds it hard to make the, the weight class as well. Obviously, another yeah. fellow that would love 165. Um, Joe, we were actually slated there the other day for saying, mentioning. The 165 weight yeah, class. We said, uh, we said that the best. The only way to make that UFC 231 card even better would be Conor McGregor versus uh, GSP for the 165 pound belt. And then like someone wrote to us being like... Uh, oh, stop being so unrealistic. Yeah, you're losing your credibility by mentioning that 165. We're only mentioning 165 because other people are mentioning it. And also, yeah. like in your head, if you create the 165 pound division, you're sort of like making great matchups. You're like, oh, imagine this guy against this guy. You know what I mean? Like it's more, so like, many much more people would benefit from one sixty five pound division. Also, if you move Woodley up to the one hundred and seventy five pound champ, I think he'd actually like to be at one seventy five pounds because then when he wants to make the jump to one eighty five, it's only a ten pound jump instead of a fifteen pound jump. It yeah. will like give more people a chance to test the waters. I think Dana just sort of likes having like the small guys and the big guys with no in between. Yeah. And I don't know why he's so set in stone over that, but it's sort of like, you can't teach an old dog new tricks sort of thing. I think it's almost because it wasn't his idea. He's like, no. He almost has to convince Dana White being like, do you remember you came up with the 165 pound division? And then he'd be like, we're doing it. Yeah. Do you, do you think like Bellator might rob that idea? Because more be people surprised. might go there. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Especially with all the trades that are going on now mm. and people moving as um, free agents. That's actually a great shout for them to rob that division. Although I think their roster's thin enough that they're almost like, struggling to have yeah. depth in division as is they're probably they're probably more stacked in the heavyweight division than uh, than any other division yeah um, yeah up there welterweight's quite stacked for them as well the welterweight Grand Prix looks pretty good yeah but like oh yeah no true yeah actually yeah uh, yeah so yeah that's uh, that's on Saturday night you've seen uh, Milwaukee we'll, so uh, Saturday night who, who are you picking the main event I'm going Kevin Lee um, I, just, yeah. I just I just I don't know I'm a big fan we, we rewatched the fight there the other, the other day um and when it really came down to it, I saw Kevin Lee got Aloy Quinta in the rear naked choke position. I think Kevin Lee's jiu-jitsu is getting better and his stand-up's getting better. And I think Aloy Quinta is actually quite similar the fighter he was back then to the years now. Yeah. So I think Kevin Lee will make the adjustments and get the win. This is a big fight for Kevin Lee as well because he's moved out to Vegas as well. So he's trying to take things more seriously. So let's see how serious he is taking it. So that's Saturday night, UFC Milwaukee. Uh, keep your ears open. Uh, also... Be- Bellator are doing a double uh, this weekend again uh, it's Bellator 212 and 213 both in Hawaii yeah on the fr- it, the first one's on Friday night this one's for the troops so uh, 
It's being headlined by Brent Primus, who's the champ in the lightweight division, taking on Michael Chandler. If you don't remember the last time these two fought against each other, uh, Michael Chandler like rolled his ankle, and he was literally like a one. Well, it was sort of like a, when a you one see legged a, man. Yeah, it was like when you see a pigeon at the dart station with like one one claw. Yeah, it's not called a claw, just like hobbling around. Uh, yeah. Brent Primus is still undefeated as well. Yeah, but Chandler like basically like I owe you a beating, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, so that should be like that's a grudge match. Uh, Brent Primus has cha- trained out the same gym as Paige Van Zandt, uh, Austin Vanderford, who is now a Bellator signed fighter. Yeah. Him. So fair play to or fair play to Austin on getting that Bellator contract. Yeah. Our mate. If do you know what would be funny when we actually see him again? He might be fighting in uh, Dublin. Yeah, that's a good show. We should mesh him. Yeah. Imagine that. Get on the Dublin car quick. Get him on the podcast and all. He'd definitely come on. I'm Paige. Yeah, I'm Paige. Imagine you go, oh, all right. She probably remembers as well, actually. Yeah. Very, very Paige, yeah. But uh, who else is on the card? Frank Muir is taking on Javi Ayala. Uh, Frank Muir, do you know what? He must be like, he he's doing a lot of commentating these days yeah. on podcasting. And he lost quite convincingly last time, didn't he? Yeah, he lost Heavy. Fedor. Yeah. Look, I think Frank Muir is going to get the job done. I think Ayala's in there to be the body across from the famous fire. So, I'm going to say Frank Mir get the job done. Yeah. Uh, also, AJ McKee's on the card fighting in the featherweight division. And, um... Yeah, AJ McKee, I'm <laughs> interested to see that one. Just, although I'm a bit disappointed he's not fighting more of a name, to be honest. But, it is what it is. Yeah, he's probably getting that Christmas pay. Also, uh, Robson Gracie, uh, obviously one of the Gracies, is making his debut in on Friday night as well. That's I expect him to get the win there. Submission, obviously. Yeah, so if you're taking things ham and cheesy on Friday night, definitely tune in there as well. And uh, Tywan Claxton fighting on that car as well. He's the fe- fellow who's famous for doing like the fly knee that like, knocked your man blades to the out of the cage. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So okay, that'd be interesting time. to see as well. Uh, then on Saturday night, so this is going to be a battle which you're going to watch Bellator or UFC. Uh, it's going to be headlined by Ilima Leigh McFarlane. She's 8 now. She's the champ in the women's flyweight division. She's from Hawaii as well. She's taking on Valerie Leoturno. Here, it seems like Leoturno fights all the time in Bellator. Yeah, she's very, very active. She was fighting the UFC and she fought at 115. She actually fought on the Holly Home versus Ronda Rousey card against Joanna and Jacek for the title. So she's, she's very good. She went the distance with... Joanna, so she's good on very, very good on the feet. So it should be an interesting fight to watch. Yeah. Uh, also, Leon Machida is making his Bellator debut. It's funny how when he fights in the UFC, you don't really like you're not really like overly pushed to watch it. But he's making his debut in Bellator, and everyone's tuning in, man. You know. Yeah. Uh, Leon Machida is taking on former middleweight champion Rafael Carvalho, who lost the belt to uh, Musasi, and then Ross robbed Musasi's belt. Uh, I expect Machida to get the job done here even though it's going to be a primarily stand up fight I think Machida's going to throw one of those front kicks that are out of his world get the knockout uh, he's very very crafty get a world star finish uh, also Neiman Gracie is fighting on the card he's 8 now he's taking on Ed Root who's 6-0 Ross what are you expecting here in the uh, welterweight division Ed Grand, Root. It's, in, it's, uh, it's in the Grand Prix sorry first round of the welterweight Grand it Prix is indeed these are the two hottest prospects at welterweight in Bellator uh, Neiman Gracie absolute submission machine Ed Root is probably the best uh, wrestler in Bellator, straight out of Penn State. It's going to be an absolutely frightening battle. Someone's all has to go. Rob that on you, man. Well, we thought that in the Toys of Fury fight. It never happened. So yeah. maybe it could be a draw. Another draw. <laughs> uh, they can't no, draw no. Him. I think Ed Ruth's going to win by knockout, if I had to guess. Okay. I'll, go, I'll go with the Gracie bros. Uh, also on the light heavyweight division, King Mo Luol is taking on Liam McGeary. That, thank you, that, name recognition-wise, this is looking all right. I feel like the light heavyweight division could get... Um, Another tournament going. 
they could have a tournament as well. Because, like, Bader's, like, on ice at the moment, so they should get a tournament going to do something about it. But yeah. if I had to guess, it's like King Mowboy, uh decision, I think his wrestling's good enough to get the job done. Was it, Was he not saying he was moving down to middleweight? No. Yeah, but maybe he was just giving that fight. Before yeah. Christmas, he just probably doesn't want to cut too much. Yeah. Here, you know what, I, cash. I actually think that Friday night card's probably a bit better. Yeah, well, I think it's more so the fight out of all the cards I'm most looking forward to seeing is Michael Chandler versus Brett Primus, so... Oh no, that's yeah. definitely the fight to look forward to. Chandler loves a scrap. Also, he's had to sign a new contract with Bellator as well. And I'm almost slightly disappointed that Gracie's fighting Ruth because like, I want both to win. Yeah, that's it. That's the look of the draw though as well. Yeah. So I think that sort of sums up. Uh, also, Kenny Taylor's fighting this weekend. She's fighting on the Canelo card. Yeah. Canelo versus Fielding. Uh, I expect Canelo to get the win there, and I expect him to stop him as well. I expect. Yeah. Well, first of all, we expect Katie Taylor to win as well. Absolutely. Love Obviously. Kenny. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen her movie as well, by the way, check that out. I think it's well. out on DVD now as well. Is it? Yeah. Well, I saw someone with a DVD of it. Do you know it Get that is. for Christmas. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Katie Taylor DVD and Bellator Dublin tickets. There you go. Yeah, now, also, if you're planning on going to Bellator as well, Dublin, let us know, actually, as well. Yeah, do. Because uh, we'd like to say hi. Yeah. Very energised. Yeah, so Katie Taylor and Canelo are fighting in uh, MSG. Yeah, so that, that should be a big one. Uh, obviously, Canelo's on that massive fight deal with the zone and Eddie Hearn. So it'll be interesting to see if you know who we'll see next with Canelo. Could be Triple G again. Could be one of the Charlo brothers. Who knows? So, Barry, any other news or are we wrapping it up? Uh, we'll be wrapping it up now in a sec. Uh, make sure to tune in next week. We'll be discussing all UFC Milwaukee, both Bellators and Hawaii as well. But more importantly, Johnny Bones Jones, Alexander Gustafson. No, that's not that guy. It will be the following week. Yeah. Very me. It will be the following week, yeah. So, guys, thanks a mil- yeah. million for listening to the show. Yeah. Also, we're trying to get to 10,000 on Instagram as well. So, if, if you enjoy the show, make sure to give us a shout-out as well because we appreciate that. We really, really do. Yeah. So, guys, thanks a million for listening. Shout-outs are key. But, as always, stay energised.